Welcome to the Dynasty Pros Fantasy Show, where we talk all things fantasy football. From player news, rankings, projections, and even trade advice. Everything to help you win your fantasy football league. And now, your hosts, Bob Miller and Tommy Harvey. What is going on, everyone, and welcome to the Dynasty Pros Fantasy Show, brought to you by DynastyProsFootball.com, your home for everything Dynasty League football. Do us a favor, go check out the website for the latest rankings, Dynasty rankings, IDP rankings, trade values. Follow us on Twitter at DynastyProsFF, and if you like the show, do us a big, big solid and subscribe to us here on YouTube. So without further ado, I want to introduce uh, everyone. we got a little bit of a full house tonight. So down here, we've got Tim Lazenby. Over here, we've oh. got Doug. There you go. There it is. Doug. <laughs> like, like bring my Doug. I'll be your Doug. All right. And down there, we have Tommy Harvey, our regular co-host. Guys, how are we doing tonight? Doing fantastic. Talking what? football, can't get better. Yeah, Dynasty football. Um, what a what a crazy little week two we had there, man. I'm still um, I'm still kind of feeling it with my Ravens just choking that game away and giving it away. Uh, Tommy, I think you're on cloud nine with beating the Cowboys, beating the Bengals. Yeah, so the Cowboys. Yeah, whatever. Tim, how those Chargers look? Uh boy, let me tell you. Uh, Kansas City is much better than I predicted. Uh, but I'll tell you, if you I sound like a homer, I say that all the time. But man, if you look at the advanced stats, mm-hmm. I mean, LA really deserved that game. So I'm not too upset. They played a good game. I mean, they could they could have done a couple things differently, obviously. But yeah, I'm not. I'm all right with one and one. It's all right. Yeah, yeah, Doug, uh, Denver, um, bro, what is going on there, man? Uh, you go and give all this money to your quarterback, and they can't score a friggin' point, man. What's uh, up? first year head coach looking like a first year head coach, a lot of decisions that are uh, questionable. Um, it's been frustrating, but it's fixable things. But like, at least an ugly win is not taking an L this week, like, um. Already got one bad loss, and in the division with teams like the Chargers, like the Chiefs, it's you really don't want to start stacking bad losses early. You, or else you're just gonna be fighting for a wild card spot in a loaded AFC. So, I think I think the highly Raiders, concerned. I think the Raiders have technically been eliminated already, haven't they? <laughs> that, is, that is a bad loss. No matter what happened to the Chargers and Broncos this week, the Raiders <laughs> letting that game get away is far worse. Hmm. Yeah, it was. Uh, there was some really, really interesting things and really crummy things games. that happened. A lot of blown games. Yeah, I absolutely agree. So let's. Uh, we've got a packed, packed show tonight, man. Uh, we have got a lot of stuff to go over here. A lot of injuries. A lot of stuff to cover. Um, tonight we're going to cover really our week to take away some of our surprises and a lot of our disappointments. We're going to talk about our post week two kind of buys and sells right now in Dynasty. And then we're going to finish up with Tim on some of uh, this week's waiver wire ads. We want to get those claims in tonight before waivers process uh, sometime in the morning. So without uh, further ado, let's get started with one of the probably the biggest thing we took out of the weekend. That was Trey Lance. Uh, 
you know, ankle injury, successful surgery. However, he is out for the season. Um, I, I don't wish anything bad on anyone, and I really wanted to see what Trey Lance has to offer on that football field. But I don't mean any disrespect by this because, I mean, that's a man that got hurt and now he's got to heal. Uh, but I think maybe 49ers are probably in better shape having Garoppolo take over um, versus figuring out what they have in Trey Lance. It might be a – I don't want to call it a blessing in disguise. Anyone getting hurt is not a blessing at all. But as far as maybe fantasy, you know, for your fantasy teams and um, and maybe just in real life, that team I think is probably in better shape with Garoppolo. I don't know about in real life necessarily, but as far as uh, fantasy is concerned, we know what Jimmy Garoppolo means for Debo Samuel. We know what he means for George Kittle. He know, we know what he means for the running game, the offense. He can run Kyle Shanahan's offense. I wonder if it limits the NFL team, the 49ers upside, because again, uh, Kyle Shanahan wants to play this, uh, you know, 11 on 11 football where we have 10 guys blocking and we don't lose a man from the quarterback, so to speak. But as far as fantasy is concerned, like as someone whose roster is Debo Samuel in a lot of leagues, I'm, I don't know if this is a bad thing. And I don't want like, again, Trey Lance, I want him to get better. It feels really unfortunate for him because his last year of college was missed due to COVID shutting down North Dakota State's football program. Then uh, his first year in the NFL, he didn't obviously play much. And now this, and I, I hope this doesn't ruin his trajectory, which would be really unfortunate for the kid. I, I, I think that this turned the 49ers into an immediate Super Bowl contender. I tend to agree. As far as a fantasy perspective, oh God, I mean, like I said, I, this, I hate making anything fortunate out of a man getting hurt, but – I really think it means better better days ahead for Debo Samuel. I was going to bring that up, Doug. You beat me to it. Good job. <laughs> but I think it's going to mean a lot more for Debo. I think we're going to start seeing Debo from last year again because these first two year or first two weeks have been pretty underwhelming with him. So, got anything to add there, Timmy? Uh. Trey Lance is very polarizing. I mean, in, in Dynasty, obviously, nobody really gives a rip. I shouldn't say that badly, but, you know, in Dynasty, you're like, I mean, he's my future guy anyways, but in redraft, I feel terrible. I mean, you know that he, he's probably most people's first quarterback, and uh, if if savvy managers have Jimmy G held hostage, you're pretty <laughs> – Pretty up the river in a lot of ways. Yeah, but I do agree. I think that the team overall is much more used to Jimmy G. It's ironic, mostly when you lose a starter, your your fantasy starters go down. But I think in this case, they go up. I agreed. Yeah. I actually have. I only owned Trey Lance in on one team, and it was my work league. Everyone at my job, um, and I hated picking him, to be honest. I was going to take Jalen Hurts. He got sniped the pick before me. So I took Trey Lance and uh, and hated myself for it. Um, and now I really, really do because my backup is Matt Ryan, who I don't even – I think he had negative points the other day. So I am in pain right now, in absolute agony. I don't know what in the world I'm I, – I think I put in a claim for Jared friggin' Goff. Yeah, that's pretty good. Austin playing well though this year. So. He, has, he has, but I put in a claim for him. 
Oh, he's got my my man Amon Ra on that team, so we're good there. So everybody, I mean, unless someone's been uh, hiding under a rock for the last couple of days, I think everyone's seen that Mike Evans has been suspended for a game. He'll miss uh, this coming week. So, you know, set your lineups accordingly. Um, don't leave him in there. Um, we'll talk about some guys here later on in the show uh, on the wire that you can probably pick up and fill in for him. You know, fortunately, in that same work league with Trey Lance, I have Mike Evans. So I'm having to figure out who I'm going to pick up there, um, you know, to play there. Um, however, Tampa ended up uh, making a little signing today. I don't know if you guys saw it, but they picked up Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley. <laughs> I have been wondering where he was going to go, and there is not a better darn place than Tampa. So I am super excited. I'm not saying he's the next Wes Welker or he's going to be the Julian Edelman, but he's that type of player. And we know Tommy loves those type of guys. So Veterans. He loves veterans. Mm -hmm. Any of you guys uh, think you should put in a claim, go grab him in the morning? I mean, I don't know. I if, if you've sure. got benches, I think you absolutely sure. go and start. Sure. I mean, Tampa has nobody else to throw to right now with Godwin out too, so. I just dropped Cole Beasley uh, the, before this week in a high dollar league. I'm in that has extremely deep benches. Like I have five or six guys that are not on an NFL roster on the back end of this team. Like, yeah. um, and I finally just, you know, like bit the bullet, cut him, uh, or I forget who I picked up with the claim or whatever. But then the very next day, someone claimed him, but dropped Perriman. And I'm, so I don't know what to make of that. So Perriman will probably be a battle on the uh, waiver wire there. Oh, uh, so that's going to get a little floppy and messy. I'm not worried. I have a very good roster on that team. I'm not starting any of that mess. But yeah, um, Cole Beasley, it's going to be the the question that's ultimately going to come down to: Does he pass the Tom Brady trust check? Like, because Tom Brady will pick the guys he trusts, and he won't throw the ball elsewhere. Like, he will pepper these. Uh, that's why Scotty Miller, who got brought back from the dead last week, uh, was able to make a couple big plays. Tom knows him. Tom trusts him, and they have. They, he's built a rapport from with him in the past, even though he hasn't been in the lineup for a while now. Yeah. yeah Cole Beasley is kind of interesting. If you look at what he did with Josh Heller over the past couple seasons, he is not only usable, he's quite relevant at times. It'll just mm -hmm. depend whether Tom wants to unleash him sooner than, than later. Right. He's a good slot receiver, very underrated. Well, his last couple of years in Dallas too, he, he started to become fantasy relevant. Um, I almost wonder if that's because he was with a mobile quarterback. So I I don't know how I, I don't know how useful he's going to be to to uh, Tom Brady. Yeah, I, we'll see. I mean, I guess we're going to have to see. I don't know if he's going to be rolling out. I mean, he's going to probably have to roll out there some this weekend. I mean, learning the playbook and everything's going to be interesting. But I would imagine a lot of the plays that he's in there, um, he's going to be in play. You know, as far as the receive, you know, the receiving threat. So I'm really interested in seeing it. I picked him up in a and I picked him up in one league that was weird. It didn't have it has like no waiver wire, which is kind of weird. It's just like the wild wild west or something. You just like grab people like game day and stuff. So First come, sir. Playing back in '97. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty interesting there. So I think I'm going to be putting in a claim for uh, for Cole Beasley in some of those deep deep leagues that I have. Um, what's the latest, guys, um, on Michael Pittman and his quad? I mean, is he going to play this weekend, or or is he going to miss this game against Kansas City? Anybody know? Because right now he is questionable, but there are some reports that he could return. 
this week. Um, if if he does return, are we throwing him out? Are we rolling? I mean, I guess you'd have to roll him out there as a lot of people's wide receiver one. I think you need to pay attention to practice reports for the next couple of days. That's kind of like if someone doesn't practice Wednesday, I don't freak out about it. Thursday, my ears perk up. If you're not practicing on Friday, then I feel like I can't count on you even if you play on Sunday. So, like, we're going to have to just monitor this one all week. It's early in the week, so it's hard to get it. And also, I don't think any of us here are doctors. I could be wrong. Please correct me if I am, gentlemen. But no. um, it's just going to have to uh, – every year, this is what we're doing. We're monitoring injury reports, checking practice reports. And then you, d- you don't play a guy on Thursday night because you're sure you've got this guy on Sunday. And then you find out Saturday that he's out. And Yeah. Every yeah, week Tim, I think in league, a dynasty league you and I are in, I, I roster Michael Pittman. I had to bench him, obviously. I picked yeah. up old Ashton Doolin, I believe. Yeah. I rocked him right. out there, he and he put right. up like 13 or so fantasy points. So I recommend um, if you are that Pittman owner and, and Doolin happens to still be on the waiver wire and you could use a little bit of help if you're not loaded, I think he's a sneaky good pickup there. I don't know what you could, you know, let go to get him, but um, – you could probably drop someone that's irrelevant, uh, you know, to kind of hold on to that week three win, give you a better chance to win. So maybe drop Paris Campbell for him. Yeah, that's possible. <laughs> it on like Paris Campbell, Campbell might be dust. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Tommy, what about Dalton Schultz? I mean, uh, I heard that uh, he could have missed significant time. Now they're saying he may just only miss this week. What's the latest you've seen there? I'm just saying he's doubtful for this week. He's probably he's probably week to week. Um, I, I I would assume that they will try to get him to practice later on next week to uh, to kind of test it out. Uh, but I don't expect him to play this week. Yeah. So yeah, definitely a lot of people. Like I said, a lot of people that drafted Dalton Schultz drafted them as their starter. So you. Um, I would imagine, yeah, I don't think he's playing at all this weekend, so you need to go grab someone, to, you know, off the wire. If a Hayden Hurst or someone's sitting there, maybe even, I, I don't know about an O.J. Howard or anything like that, but, you know, I'm there may be. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, O.J. Howard, the target share is not there. The two touchdowns on two catches on week one convinced the people, don't do not do it with O.J. Howard. It's no, <laughs> no, I, I completely agree there. Volume is king. <laughs> I think people that went and picked him up after this week one, uh, you know, this time last week, I think you'll be seeing a lot of O.J. Howard getting dropped yes. uh, tomorrow <laughs> as well. So, You know, Titan's always tough because his talent starves. So if you took Dalton as your big guy, you're going to have to take a dart throw with somebody. Last I, I read, it's a, it's a PCL strain. So I'm with Tommy. I, I don't believe he's playing this week. Next week mm-hmm. after that, perhaps. But you got to put some sort of contingency plan in play. If well, there we'll, happens we'll out, um, go look at, at possibly picking up Jake Ferguson on the on the waiver wire because he'll he'll slide into that spot. And if there happens, if there is some crazy way in in the league that you're in, if Gerald Everett is sitting there, snatch him up, grab him up. That would be a great one. Yeah, yeah, and and he I've seen him sitting in a few places, but not a whole whole lot. So he may not be available in most leagues. Um, Tommy, you were talking about week to week with with Dalton Schultz there. I, it, same thing goes for J.K. Dobbins. Uh, Coach John Har, uh, Harbaugh said that he is week to week. He's practicing in full. Um, he is chomping at the bit to get out there. However, Baltimore is take they're 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 terrified. I mean, they're just terrified to put him out there and risk further injury. They 
They have New England this week. Um, I'd like to see J.K. get out there for a couple of plays, um, but I would not be surprised if they, you know, scratched him. You know, he's a healthy scratch again this week. Um, I don't know if they're going to necessarily need him for Sunday. Um, so anyone that's a Dobbins owner, me, I have him everywhere. This may, this is going to be another week that's frustrating. Even if he is activated, I don't know how much he's going to play. I don't know if any of you guys agree with that, disagree with that, but I just don't see any way where I'm starting J.K. Dobbins in week three, whether he's activated or not. If he's exactly with you, Bob. Yeah. If he's activated, he may get a handful of touches, but nothing how, significant. How weird is it a team that scores 38 points in one of the highest total games on the on the slate yesterday and none of their running backs are startable? Like, you just don't feel comfortable rolling out any of them. Like, Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, and maybe Rashad Bateman are the only guys you can actually kind of roll out there and feel okay about right now, which, it, you know, it's because Lamar Jackson is the centerpiece of all of that. Uh, and they, they've shown they don't need running backs to be successful and score points. So, like, the idea of rushing back J.K. Dobbins when they have bigger <laughs> goals than winning week three in mind, it, it, it does make you nervous that even, again, if he's healthy, how many touches are we really talking? Well, about? I think you gotta you gotta take in consideration the talent as well. I mean, Kenyon oh, yeah. Drake, Kenyon Drake's nothing special. Mike Davis is nothing special as well. Just like last year when they had Latavius Murray and Devontae Freeman, you know, you were, you were hoping they were one of those guys was going to fall into the end zone and get you get you touchdowns. And and I would think that if you are desperate, absolutely desperate, J.K. Dobbins somehow plays this weekend. You can maybe flex him because I could see a scenario where maybe he gets some goal line touches and maybe gets in the end zone, and that would be probably the best case scenario um, whatsoever. Large, so. large field GPPs for our DFS players out there, that's where I might attack the Ravens' backfield because you will not have to fight a lot of ownership, and you'll probably leverage against a lot of Lamar owners in DFS. Yeah. Yep. So, um, guys, I don't know if there's any other really – latest news uh, that's come out over the last couple of days that any of you all want to share. That's really about it. As far as I'm concerned, the stuff that seemed pretty fantasy relevant to me. Um, so let's move on. Let's move uh, on. Marlon Matt got promoted to the active. I roster. saw that. I saw I San Francisco. Super relevant. Yep. Yeah. That's about all I can see as far as news that we. Yeah. With Terry and Davis price being out for multiple weeks. Um, you know, they just, they're at the point now where they just need to, they need someone out there. Warm bodies. Exactly. Who knows how long Jeffrey Wilson's going to hold up. So oh, Jordan yeah. Mason, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At this, at this point, they, they should have held on to Trey Sermon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Um, all right. Let's, let's move on to our week two takeaways here you know some of our biggest surprises or some of our best performers whatever we want to call it you know what's some guys uh tommy i'm going to start with you who is uh, you know what's your takeaway what's your biggest takeaway from this uh from this sunday from and uh, Monday? my boy tua looked great <laughs> your boy tua i told you he was going to be a top eight quarterback this year did you say that i said that okay where's the writing I was a fever last week, actually. So we need receipts. <laughs> yeah, I think I was a year too early on Tua. I said he was going to be a stud last year, and I was wrong. 
just, uh, I guess, better late than never. But, boy, he did look good. Oh, he yeah, did he, look he, good. He he threw the ball deep very, very well, which I was concerned, really one of my biggest concerns about him. But they are really playing to his strengths, and they are getting the ball in those playmakers, and those playmakers are doing what? Making plays. Um, making plays, torching yeah. people over the top. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, you know, Tommy, two and Gosh, again, I hate this. Against my Ravens, he went 36 for 50 with 469 yards and six touchdowns. He did throw a couple of picks, but those six touchdowns, I mean, he just blew my guys up, especially in the fourth quarter. Oh, it was it was a hard watch. It was a hard watch. And, you know, and 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 Tommy, what did Jalen Waddle do, man? What, oh, what you know, he, he only had 11 catches on 19 targets. You know, that's <laughs> – Pretty decent, pretty uh, snap line. Hundred, you know, hundred seventy plus yards and two touchdowns. After what was it, five targets in week one? <laughs> they were like, we need to make a concentrated yeah. effort to get this man the football. Absolutely, well, they were down. I mean, we'll have to yeah. say they the whole game they were trailing. So uh, that game script, I mean, they just they were coming from behind the entire game. They had to throw, 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 throw. Um, so yeah, you know, and, and Waddle, I watched, you know, watching that game. I mean, they were just, he, he and Tyreek both are just throwing quick little passes, man, throwing screens, just letting these guys get in the open field and, and do their, uh, the extension of the run game. It really, really is, man. It was, it was incredible. Bad offensive line too. Like that offensive line's not good. These screens, these quick hitting plays, it really allows Tua to just get the ball out of his hands so that he's not running for his life back there. Uh, well, if it's bad this year, you should see last year. <laughs> Better does not mean good, though. <laughs> like they're they're still twenty third in pass uh, pass uh, block win rate right now, but um, I do want to sprinkle a little bit of caution here. The the Ravens were dealing with some injuries in the secondary uh, coming into this game, uh, and the one thing that worries me about two of a lot of the guys that we have as like top ten dynasty quarterbacks is because they bring something with their legs. Now. <sighs> I just don't know how often six touchdowns, 469 yards passing is repeatable. Like there are a few guys that do it, you know, but it's I would temper expectations because, but he has shown at least he does have a ceiling that he can hit in the air. But like there might be some weeks where Miami is in a tighter game and they just want to run the ball more. They don't necessarily want to air it out and he's not going to give you the value with his legs, but what's it going to be when he gets 240 and a touchdown and, and the game script doesn't go this way. Like, yeah, I mean that's true. Just playing devil's advocate, like I, I, I would be excited if I was a tune to a manager, but I do think this, these are things worth considering. That maybe this is, you know, obviously if six touchdowns would happen every week, you know, that he'd be a Hall of Famer by the end of the season. Yeah, well, I mean, just like Tommy said, you know, Jalen Waddle had 11 catches on 19 targets for 171 yards and a couple of touchdowns. But you know who did better than that? Tyree. You know, Tyreek had 11 he catches. less targets. He did. He did. Tim, what was his stats? What did he put up on, on Sunday? I don't have it in front of me, but I know he had 11 catches and two touchdowns. I think it was 11 on 13, was it? It yep. was. He had 190 yards receiving and two touchdowns. Yeah. My gosh, what a day. What a day for those guys. So, yeah, yeah, you start – I mean, a lot of people had uh, had their doubts and had their concerns about Tyreek, and I was one of them. Um. I, I'm, those doubts are behind me now, man. What a, I, I can't believe Kansas city. Let him, let him go, man. He is an absolute cheat code. He is a weapon. And, um, man, uh, Miami 
has got something going down there, man. They really, really do. All right, let's move on to another stud wide receiver that's just, I, I think, in a couple of years is going to be a star, maybe even sooner than that. And that's Garrett Wilson. Um, best best wide receiver in the draft, in my opinion. I think I think Tommy, Tim, I think both of you all tend to agree there. Um, Me as well, three, actually. <laughs> I think we all do. I mean, he had eight catches on 14 targets for over 100 yards, and he had two touchdowns himself. Doug, you and I were talking on the phone earlier, and we were talking about him, and we had our kind of our player comps, and you and I were talking about Stephon Diggs. We were talking about this guy, talking about that guy, and it hit me a little while ago. He looks like Antonio Brown to me. I, I will take that comp. I will 100% take that comp. Like, uh, Tim, 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 just, Tim, Tim took a little bit of a breath there. Um, pretty big. His He's skill set. my beating heart. <laughs> yeah, pretty his, big now. I mean, I'm not saying he's Antonio, I'm, but his skill set reminds me of AB so much. Well, you know what AB did? AB did better than anybody was the route running. And I mean, Garrett Wilson's a really good route runner. AB wasn't the fastest, but he'd make you miss because those routes were absolutely perfect. And Garrett Wilson's not the biggest guy, he's not the fastest guy, but he does have that comparison. We'll, we'll I mean, see. Same thing, we'll with, see. same thing with Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is one of the best route runners in the league, and he's got fantastic hands. I mean, that's what made me think of, you know, when I watched Garrett Wilson, I was thinking of Stephon Diggs, but I think Garrett Wilson is better with the ball after he catches it than Diggs. Um, and that's what kind of makes me think of someone like Antonio Brown, man. I'll tell you, that guy's special. Um I'll be honest with you. I am going to be going shopping for him over the next uh, next week. It's, I'm going to see what I can get him. It's going to cost you now. It's going to cost you. Yeah. I actually I pulled up my uh, my tape notes from Garrett Wilson, and I love this. I have underlined in big letters, "Ideal landing spot: the New York Jets." This was written in February. I'm pretty happy about that. Now that was envisioned with Zach Wilson at quarterback, not Joe Flacco, obviously. Uh, and that's, I think, what makes this this uh, performance so shocking was if you told me this happened a few weeks down the road when Zach Wilson's back and this offense has gotten a rhythm going, I'd be like, oh, yeah, sure. But for him to do this week two, his second game in his NFL career with Joe Flacco at quarterback in a hostile environment, like, that is extremely promising. This this man, he, and, like, we, I like Elijah Moore, but it, Garrett Wilson has walked in there and looks like the alpha wide receiver immediately, which I thought, you know, Maybe by midseason he develops into that guy, but this fast, uh, all needles pointing up. It's a, it's a great feeling. I'm, I'm looking at my futures with him for Offensive Rookie of the Year, and they feel a little better today than they did when I made them, you know, a couple months ago. Yeah, I think but, this guy's going to be a star, an absolute yeah. star. Absolutely, he will be. And, and the crazy thing was is he was probably the least productive of the three big Ohio State wide receivers last year. <clears throat> He, he he was the third most pro- – yeah. he was probably the, the number three of the three. Yeah. It's wild. It, that is – golly, that is just – He was loaded. You know. <laughs> Tommy, who else stuck out to you this weekend, man? Uh, Jared Goff uh, continues to, uh, to really impress me there uh, there at the Lions. Um, I think they uh, they, um, they really trust him. They, they've really placed the offense in his hands. Um, I think they uh, – they would like to move forward with him as their as their quarterback uh, going in, in, into future years. I, I I don't really see them 
trying to replace him with any uh, with any, any rookie next year. So I've I've been really impressed with him the last couple of weeks. Uh, he uh, over 250 yards and four touchdowns on a on on Sunday. Um, pretty impressive. Yeah, he seems to have really found his niche there in Detroit, and I'm happy for him. You know, he um, <clears throat> you know you want to see these guys succeed, and he seems like a really really good dude. And um, he's got some weapons there in Detroit, mm-hmm. and he's got more weapons on the way once. Yep. J-Mo. Williams, yep. the, be- the best part about Jared Goff, if he can survive and be their starting quarterback, which I think he can. I said it even before the season began. They can invest into other areas that they need, and they don't have to spend that draft capital on, you know, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. You can invest in that offensive line, invest in that defense, and then that's what that's what could really carry you if Jared Goff can do it. It looks like he can. Yeah, because I mean they they have the running backs. They got they got some solid receivers, especially with Amonra St. Brown, Jameis Williams coming back soon, DJ Chark, TJ Hawkinson. They, they have the weapons. They just need to to, to uh to improve that that defense because that's what's really gonna gonna let them down. It, I think that defense is on the rise as well. You got Aiden Hutchinson and and, Hutchinson you've, got, a great and you've got Rodrigo. Uh, you know that's going to be a, I think a, a a nice stud, especially an IDP asset. Um, and then they've got some good safeties, some good corners. I mean, these guys, uh, this team has got a great great core. They are uh, trending up. Yeah, and the, here's the greatest thing, and and I think Tim kind of was kind of around there. Is they're not going to have to drop all this money on Jared Goff. It's not like they're going to have 40 million, 50 million wrapped up a year in their quarterback. That's gigantic. I mean, that's huge. They can invest that money in some of the areas. And to be honest, I don't think, I mean, maybe a little bit on the offensive line, but I don't think anywhere in the skill positions, um, they really need to make those improvements. I, you know, they can go grab maybe a corner or linebackers or maybe some kind of a pass rush to go, you know, opposite of Aiden Hutchinson, man. I, I'm really excited to see what tr- Detroit does, especially in kind of a weak NFC. Um, Detroit could be a sneaky, nice little team over the next couple of years to uh, to really uh, see what they're going to do. They may be the they may be the second best team in the in the, in the NFC North. Mm-hmm. The, the one thing I will add, though, uh, whether or not Jerry Goff plays well, the win loss record of this team will probably have more to do with what happens to him in the following season more than anything. If if they only win five games, regardless of whether or not it's his fault and whatnot, everyone in the fan base, everyone around the organization is going to be like, hey, look, we have a top 10 pick. This is a chance to get a quarterback. The pressure is almost so great from the organizational perspective that to no fault of his own. And it'll be that we draft the guy, but Jared Goff's our starter, but that only lasts for however long it lasts. Um but, like, if they do have all this money, it does mean that if Jared Goff is still the guy, they can actually just go into free agency, like, and just right. specifically look at who's available. Right. Like, don't go spend up on a corner if there's no good corners. You know, go get the linebacker instead. Mm-hmm. Go get the pass rusher. Pick out where there are talented players available that can help your football team win. Like, Obviously, if if somebody like C.J. Stroud is available, then I, w- I would assume that they yeah. would take him. But yeah. if yeah. if their best option is Tyler Van Dyke, then yeah. they may as well just stick with, with Jared Goff. Well, speaking of Jared Goff and that offense, we kind of touched on Amon Ra a moment ago, but Amon Ra St. Brown had nine catches on 12 targets, 116 yards 
and two touchdowns. This guy is a friggin' stud, and what a steal in fantasy drafts. People are drafting him as as a flex, not even as a wide receiver, too. And, oh, my gosh, I've got him everywhere, and I'm so in love. I love this guy, and I'm not worried about Jamison Williams coming back. I don't care. I've said it all offseason. This is Jared Goff's guy. This is his security blanket. This is his go-to man. I don't see anything changing. I mean, he is a six, seven, eight catch a week guy. It seems. Um, and oh, I've actually, I got a stat on exactly that. Uh, he joins company with Michael Thomas and Antonio Brown. Eight straight games with eight catches. Uh, yeah, or more. You can break it. He can the, break it. He can become the first one to do it in nine consecutive games. But right now, his only company is Michael Thomas and Antonio Brown on the run that he's on right now, which is yeah. elite company. And you know, I'm on Raw's like <clears throat> girlfriend in high school. You know, she's real hot. And you're like, oh, this is really good. Then you get to college and you're like, you know, I think we should, you know, test the waters. And then, you know, two, two years later, you're like, God, I miss my girlfriend. She was so hot. What did I do? This is exactly like that, man. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Amon Ra, I'm love. I mean, I would tell people to go try to go trade for him. Good luck. You're, you're paying a king's ransom for him. And I just, and, and to be honest with you, you guys know me so well. I'm a businessman. I'm all about selling high. I'm not selling at Amon Ra. I mean, I'd have to get like some super damn stud. I'd have to get a, 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 a haul for him. I mean, he is winning you games. You know, he, he, that is hard to get rid of. He's not a four catch guy for 50 yards and possibly a touchdown. I mean, he is, he is double that. And is my offer, is my offer of Jameis Winston not enough for him? No, <laughs> no, With no, the no, no. <laughs> no, 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 it is not. Yeah. I, so uh, I traded all my Amon Ra shares this off season after the run he went on. I thought, Oh, this is a good window. Um, I, I guess maybe I'm just undervaluing PAC 12 wide receivers right now. Cause I'm seeing a lot of these guys in the PAC 12 where I'm like, I was, he's not beating nobody. And then, well, now he's in the NFL and he is beating people. Like, Drake London's doing the same thing. I know. And then another one I missed the boat on. It's fine. All these USC receivers just tearing it up right in front of me. Uh. You got a couple more coming down the pipe, too, that are going to be studs. I'm going to have yeah, to listen to you guys. Ask our Debbie guy, Tommy, over there. He, he'll tell you everything. All right, well, uh, let's finish things off as far as our, uh, you know, some of our heroes of this week. And how about our boy Carson Wentz, you know, shutting some people up this weekend, man. 30 for 46. 337 yards. He had three touchdowns. He did have a pick. He even had a couple of carries for 23 yards. A great, great fantasy day for him. Um, Jahan Dotson had, God, what was it? What did he have, Tommy? Uh, what was his stats on Sunday? I mean, he had a great, great game. Uh, so far in the year, he's he, he scored three touchdowns in, in, in two games. So, I mean, he's he's been kind of kind of ripping it up. Yep. Terry McLaurin finally got into the end zone, it looks like. You know, some of those people are worried about him week one. I wasn't, you know, sometimes that squeaky wheel gets the grease. And, and you know, some of those guys that didn't perform really well in week one, I just had a good, good feeling that, uh, you know, the quarterbacks and everyone was going to make sure that they uh, they rebounded week two. And Terry McLaurin was definitely one of those guys. So I'm wondering uh, what Samuel's doing for them. 
Yeah, absolutely. So that, that, I, he's looking spicy. Mm-hmm. Like just eyeball test. Curtis Samuel, like last season, he didn't look all the way back. He looks back this year, which is, yep. I just think good for football. Like, let's put aside fantasy. Curtis Samuel coming out was a guy that was tremendously excited. Isn't that another Ohio State receiver? <laughs> good Lord. Yep. Good. I mean, no. Curtis Samuel's been in the league for like 15 years or 20 years or something, it feels like. Wasn't he in the same class as McCaffrey, or was he a year before or a year after? It's like close to then, right? I'd have to look it up. I'm not sure. Uh, but he just yeah. feels like he's been in a league for a while. Like he's bounced around. And I don't know. It just, yeah. I, I, you know, that, that, sorry, go ahead, Doug. I'm profiting because I held Curtis Samuel way past the point that I should and found him getting dropped in leagues and just kind of stashed him on the bench. And, and I'm like, yeah, I knew you still had it. I, I knew it was still in there. <laughs> Bro, I cut bait on that guy years ago. <laughs> Back to Carson Woods. You know, people quickly forget that guy was the second overall pick. And an MVP candidate yeah. one season. And back in Philly, at one point, he was an MVP candidate. It, but even last year in, in Indy, he still had some really strong moments. And all people remember is him, him just falling apart at the end of the season. Not just him, but yes, him. So now they're with Matt Ryan, and they're looking at how he's doing, and people are eating crow all over the place, man. Weren't you talking about ex-girlfriends you want back? I think the Colts <laughs> would totally take Carson Wentz back right now. Like, <laughs> I mean, we're really sitting here. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't the first pick in that draft Jared Goff? Correct. That is correct. Those was the back-to-back. So, wow. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like we're talking about, you know, like we'd be talking about Jameis Winston and like and I'm pretty sure Mariota Jack was or something. Oh, too, wait. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of wild. You know, one and twos doing well. You know, good for them. Good for them. So let's move on. Um, Tommy, Tim, Doug, any of y'all jump in. Um, who is, you know, what's a disappointment? I mean, who really, really crapped the bed this weekend? Um, I think you have a couple combinations here. Uh, Burrow and uh, and Ace. Oh, and, yeah. And then Cousins and, um, and, Jeff, and Jefferson. They – didn't look like they didn't look like either one of those two combinations were were in sync at all, and their their stat line kind of kind of showed that. I mean, Burrow didn't even throw for two hundred yards. No, one ninety nine. Didn't even throw for two hundred yards. He carried the ball a little bit, but dude, I thought they fixed that offensive line there, man. I, I mean, six sacks doesn't really show that, does it? Gosh, how many sacks? I mean, how many times was he six. sacked? Six. Five. Gosh, almighty. 13 so far this season. Worst in the NFL. Next closest is 10, and that's the Saints. They, uh, you know, like, I think back to that draft when they didn't take Penn Sewell. Now, obviously, Jamar Chase is a stud. I'm not saying you don't take Jamar Chase there. But when you neglect your offensive line, when you make these premium draft picks, there is is a price to pay for your sins. And right now, Joe Burrow is the one paying the price. Like, it doesn't look like he's having a good time back there. Like, and they, they really need to keep him upright. He is their franchise. But uh, also tw- 25th in pass block win rate right now as well. Just, again, these are things that, like, a casual football observer won't notice. But when your offensive line consistently loses the battle, all these designs that you want to do with Jamar Chase on these deep routes and T. Higgins on these deep routes, that doesn't work. You can't do seven-step drops when you have less than two seconds to throw the ball. Like, it just fundamentally breaks the offense down. Like, Yeah, I'm going to see what Burrow has put up. Um, I mean, you know, he hasn't even broken 20 points a fantasy game. How, he put up basically 18 points a week, which is nothing horrible. But for someone that you 
everyone is super, super high on this year moving forward. Um, he has certainly um, underwhelmed so far. How unlucky has he been, though, to week one have to go against T.J. Watt and the week two Micah Parsons? It's true. <laughs> it's true. That is, that is a tough matchup. Like, Hell yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah, T.J. Watt followed by Micah Parsons. Like that's... And they've got the A, and they've got Joe Flacco and the Jets this weekend. So Yeah, uh... so if they don't get it right this week, then the, then the panic is going to get a lot. All right, louder. so call it right now. Who has the better weekend, Jamar Chase or Garrett Wilson? Ooh. I still bet on Jamar yeah, any week. Yeah, you bet on I guess anybody. Yeah. I can't bet against it's, him. It's spicy enough to be interesting, but yeah, I think you got to lean Jamar here. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Garrett. Why I hope not? you're right. I really hope go you're Garrett. right. Garrett. Why not? The heck with it. Is that because you're still wacko for Flacco? I am. <laughs> I am. I the ghost of Flacco Pass. Yeah. Are the, are the Ravens hey. still paying him money, by the way, Bob? Like, I don't believe so. I think they're done with all that. They're done with all that. Hey, here's a here's a good little question. Are you guys maybe going out there, maybe trying to trade for Burrow right now? You think that'd be a good idea to see if someone would want to maybe sell sell him at a little bit of a discount? Hopefully, probably doesn't hurt. <laughs> oh, wow. I think it's worth. A, I think it's worth a look. I don't. You know, I think you should send something that every borough owner in every league you're in and see if they'd be willing to come off the guy. So, um, what they could say be... is no. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it'd be a guy I think I might look into seeing if I can maybe get a little bit of a discount. Um, Tommy, you were talking about Kirk cousins and Justin Jefferson, man. I was really counting on big, big things from Justin Jefferson. And, uh, yeah, so it, it didn't really work out last night. Now, did well, it? A good thing is with him is that the targets are still there. He had 12 targets. They just couldn't really connect. Mm-hmm. Um, they were kind of, they just seemed out of sync for some reason. Uh, so hopefully last night was just kind of a, just, just a little bit of an outlier. But I mean, if that happens again, then you may have to, you know, you may have to start, start worrying a little bit. But as of right now, I wouldn't worry about it too much. It was just a little bit of a disappointment last night. Kirk Cousins national TV never fails. Yep. Or technically always fails. It's like death and taxes. Yeah. It's frustrating because I I was all in on this uh on on this uh Vikings offense going into the offseason. Uh we did a uh uh auction redraft league and uh I paid through the nose to get Justin Jefferson because I just was making the belief that I was like, I think he'll be the highest scoring player in fantasy football this year. Uh with the new offense coming over and him getting to play that Cooper Cup role. Uh, I had much bigger expectations. Another thing we do have to be honest, if we watch the tape, Darius Slay put it on him. Like, I know that Justin Jefferson is a stud, but sometimes a veteran DB just knows how to shut somebody down. Look at Marshawn Lattimore and what he's always done to Mike Evans. Does it mean Mike Evans is a bad wide receiver? No, it means he's got his number. So let's, again, wait one more week before we start, you know, throwing panic signs up. Yeah, I'm not panicking whatsoever when it comes to Justin Jefferson. He's a friggin' stud. He is an elite, I mean, top 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 guy to have him and chase by themselves tommy tommy said it best i mean he still had all the targets and all the opportunities that just didn't happen um didn't really work out for for him in his favor last night so but i'll tell you another guy i'm kind of worried about though too man dalvin you know you gotta keep uh dalvin that wasn't didn't look good last night you know maybe maybe the eagles are also good we haven't we haven't fully processed that yet but the eagles might just be a good football team like offensively and defensively gross 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna have to admit it, man. The Eagles look good and in that uh in that NFC, man, they're one of the best teams in that uh in that whole conference. Well, they so, still gotta deal with the first place New York Giants in that division. Let's not forget about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll see how that uh we'll the Cowboys will knock them out of first on uh on, on, on Monday. So Ooh. we'll see. <laughs> we'll see about that. Speaking about uh, of last night, uh Derek Henry, guys, I mean what are we panicking here? Yes, because the Titans suck. They really do. They really do. <laughs> no, because I have no shares of him, so there's nothing for me to panic about. Yeah. But yes, if I did have him, I would be a little bit worried because they want to be beating people up and running downhill. It's it, that's the the between the tackles running back is a lot less intimidating when you're down forty-one to seven. Like it yeah. just uh, well, and also. And when you have no threat from your quarterback whatsoever, Ryan Tannehill may be the worst starting quarterback in the league. I don't know how much of this is all on Tannehill, though. Mm-hmm. Ever since Arthur Smith left, he has been a different guy, but also their offensive line has been worse. They've lost a lot of their pass-catching weapons. Uh, last season, I know A.J. Brown came back at the end of the season, but during the season, A.J. Brown was injured for quite a bit of the time. Julio Jones was inactive most of the time for them as well. Uh, Derrick Henry was missing for a lot of time as well. Uh, with when he had Arthur Smith, a good offensive line, I, I don't think Tannehill's an elite quarterback. I think he's serviceable when you put the conditions around him. But lately, the Titans haven't put good conditions around him. And and it, it, and he's not the guy that'll elevate a football program. But, I mean, I, I'm at this point, I'm kind of wondering if he's going to be the, the Colts starting quarterback next year when they try another mediocre veteran out. Like, <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll I, I just think the teams are just stacking the box against Derrick Henry. They're like, if we're going to lose, it's going to be. But who's their offensive weapons, though? Who are they throwing deep to? <laughs> exactly. That's yeah, what I mean, I'm saying. They're going to stack the box and say, Ron Tenhill, you're going to have to beat Phillips? us with your arm. Well, they can send Traylon Burks deep. He, he's, he's, a good, he's a good deep threat. And then the intermediate, they, they, they could throw it to uh, Bobby Trees. but That would be again, lovely. Again, Tannehill just isn't very good. Yeah, yeah, I you know, especially now that he doesn't have very many weapons, he's really exposed. Um, so yeah, yeah. And Bob, you- I, I want to talk about Indianapolis for my surprise. Go for it. I have them essentially steamrolling their division, and uh, and they had a tie against Houston in week one where everyone was a little nervous, mm-hmm. and then this last week they got shut out against Jacksonville. Now, granted, Jacksonville's not the the team they were last year, they did make improvements, but that's still that's as bad of a two. Man. That's as bad of a two weeks as they possibly could have had. I know they yeah. technically been, could be zero and two, but zero one and one feels really, really close to zero and two. And didn't, yeah, that, didn't Jacksonville knock them out of the playoff at yeah. out of the playoff hunt last year by shutting yeah, them out last year in the, yeah. in the last yeah. game of the season. The reason yeah, they I'm got worried rid of about wins was that game. <laughs> I'm worried about all pieces of this team. I mean, Matt Ryan, I, I cut him loose. I wouldn't have taken him to begin with, but yeah. I cut him loose. Jonathan he's Taylor, crazy. he's stuck on your team because you paid a fortune. Uh, I mean, we, a few of us did say you should sell him because you could get just a truckload, but now it's too late. You got to wait for him to wake up. But I'll tell you, the one silver lining is I'm still super high on Michael Pittman Jr., I'm trying to grab that guy with everyone so worried about Indy personally, but the rest of the team is just unusable at this point for me, at least. Taylor had a great game last week. I, I think the, I think this week the, uh, just the way that the game went, he didn't get a whole lot of touches. Well, they couldn't. No, no, they exactly couldn't right. They James. were down. I mean, they were <laughs> down the whole game. He couldn't really. They tried to run, but man, it just didn't. Uh, 
I mean, he, you know, he, just, he only had, I think, nine carries. Yeah, yeah. I think he had like six points, I think. Yeah, so like yeah if you can go get him, hey, if you can go grab him at a discount right now. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Go snatch him up. Especially we'll if that him. team has already started like 0-2, if they have a lot of other things going on, they might just literally just throw up the white flag. And then that's that's the teams you want to find early in the season, the team that, like in your dynasty league, that has said, oh, this ain't my year. Because they will sell you things that they would have never sold you at prices mm-hmm. that, you know, mm-hmm. like – uh, if you can throw, you know, your, your 23 first and your 24 first at the wall. And again, worst they say is no, or maybe toss like a Jamison Williams in a first, like uh, towards a team that wants to kind of like look towards a future season. You, you might get a better bite than you expect. And then you have Jonathan Taylor for the end of the season. Yeah. Um, Doug, uh, while you're talking, um, give me your disappointment. You know, one of I think we got one more to go over. I think it's everyone's disappointment that's drafted this guy. And I have never, ever, ever been really sold on this guy. I've always felt that he was just way overrated for fantasy. And you go ahead and spit those facts right now. So uh, I'm really concerned about Kyle Pitts right now. Now, we've alluded to Drake London, who's looked great. Um and it just feels like they have not been able to get a uh, connection going with him. And Arthur Smith was uh, quoted saying, uh, you know, we're not trying to, you know, score fantasy points. We're trying to win games. And it's like, well, you're not doing a very good job of either right now. So, um, but yeah, only four, four catches, 38 yards. He's had, he's had about seven targets each game, but uh, just not connecting. And, you know, we, um, this was supposed to kind of be the year that we saw him make that elevation. Cause last year showed us a lot of promise and, you know, and and the, the term used all off season positive touchdown regression, positive touchdown regression. Well, I I need I'm positive I need touchdowns. Yeah, and I'm not getting them from this guy right now. And and if you acquired him at any point, he's never been cheap. Ever since he came out of college, he's never been, especially in your tight end premium leagues, he cost you something. Like uh, the one of the shares I have of uh, I traded Justin Jefferson for him plus in a tight end premium league. And uh, I really just kind of wish I had Justin Jefferson still at this point. But uh, I, I was in a, you know, Tommy and I are in a dynasty league that we've been in um, in for several years and super flex, including IDPs. And last year, the first overall pick, it wasn't a running back, wasn't a quarterback, wasn't any of all that. It was Kyle Pitts. So um, I know that guy's probably, you know, frustrated. Uh, he has to be any Kyle Pitts owner. I, I own Kyle Pitts in like one, one, maybe two leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really didn't feel good about it, but I mean, I had to change things up and I was able to grab him at a, at a decent draft, you know, at a, you know, at a decent round. And, yeah. but I'm, God, I'm hating it. I'm hating it, man. Like uh, just to have a feeling this guy is just not going to bust loose. Uh, I think he's going to lose me more games than he's going to win me. But, so. but, but- if you're in Dynasty, just like JT, now's the time. If you are thinking, hey, he's going to come out, now's the time because owner's probably ready to oh, have a yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. You may be able to get him at the all-time best deal. I mean, you're going to probably yeah. get him the This is maybe field. the lowest his value's been in his professional career. has to be. Oh, it is. It right. definitely is. has right. to be. It has to be. I mean, there are – I think I uh, – I don't know if I tweeted it the other day or something. I think there are 32 – tight ends in fantasy right now that have scored more fantasy points through the first two weeks than Kyle Pitts. 
That's and, great. Including names like Andrew Beck, Broncos fullback, who's listed as a tight end. Uh, and the frustrating part is that you literally just kind of have to roll him out there because do you have a better option than Kyle Pitts on your roster? Probably not. If you do, then why are you rostering Mark Andrews and <laughs> Kyle Pitts? But Well, I mean, you if know. you got Kyle Pitts and, you, you know, you picked up like a Hayden Hurst or a Gerald Everett. If you dr- if, hey, listen, if you grab the <laughs> Gerald Everett, you know what I'm saying? I mean, dude, that's a that's a decision you have to make. Right now, if I had to choose one of the two going into this Sunday, it's Gerald Everett. I have uh, Kyle Pitt, Pitts and uh, TJ Hawkinson in one league. It's just the way the draft looks to me. Oh. So you're going to get any production out of any of your tight ends. Yeah. Uh, like, two tight end, yeah, two tight end, tight end premium league. I, those are my two tight ends. Uh, honestly, it was, it was like you take Hawkinson here or you're going to take this running back who should be going two rounds later. Like you take the take value. value. Tommy, you, you and I know Tim extremely oh. well and – he has Cole Kmet everywhere. You talk about <laughs> oh. you talk about a disappointment. That was that's his. What I was going to say. Um, that that's what I was wanting to get into. Prior to us jumping off these disappointments, is uh, Cole Kmet and Darnell Mooney. Both of them. I mean, a lot of it is because that Chicago offense is so so bad and it just ran terribly. Um, Eleven pass attempts. Yeah, it, that's just ridiculous. You're not going to win games doing that. I mean, you have to get you, you have to get your guy. You have to get your your best playmakers the ball, and they're not doing it. Um, you would think eventually it's going to happen, but I don't have any faith that that, that Bears offense is going to be any good at all. And it's it's kind of heartbreaking because I've I've been such a Darnell Mooney guy. Hey Tommy, ask me if I'm selling Cole Kmet. Do what? Ask me if I'm selling Cole Kmet. Are you selling Kokomet? No, I'm buying the war. I, I, I think you are selling them because you. I, I think you. I think you gave like, me quite a quite a bit like, for him. Like Wolf of Wall Street, he's buying these damn penny stocks now. Yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So uh, yeah. But if I'm right, I look so good. Oh yeah. It's like my boy Cam Acres. Acres. It's like Cam Acres. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. So last week uh, on uh, the Stockwatch article uh, for Dynasty Pros, uh, there was two players I'd mentioned to, to go ahead and buy, and they were Trey Lance and they were Cole Komet. And that article did not wage, age through week oh. two very well. So I'm kind of <laughs> kind of eating it a little bit on the chin. But the Trey Lance thing you couldn't predict. You know, like, that is what it is. But, yeah, you can't predict injuries. No, not yeah, at all. The Cole Komet thing, I was like, oh, well, they played them on soon. It'll be better week two. But, again, the Broncos and the Bears, two teams that got rid of their coaches because of bad offenses – now are sitting here with bad offenses. I have <laughs> to worse think offenses. Yeah, Perhaps, I have Tommy to think, might be right. Perhaps worse. <laughs> I would have to think that Cole Kmet is going to have some good games ahead still. I just like I said, he only had two targets in two games. They're going to have to. They're, yeah. they're probably going to have to force him the ball, and yeah. so they've got to get the, 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 their passing game is awful, man. They're going to have to work on that, and they're going to have to force these guys the ball. And Cole Kmet is one of those two guys, him and Mooney. And so does, um doesn't Equimedia St. Brown have two touchdowns? Something like that. <laughs> the big something brother like of the God. Mm, those St. Brown boys are those are my guy. The those week one back to back touchdowns on red zone. That was that was kind of nice. Yeah, that was kind of neat. That was pretty neat. <laughs> Mama's watching at home so proud. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's uh you know now that we we get let's get out of this funk with all these disappointments. And we've talked off and on about some guys we're looking to buy. 
uh, and maybe some guys we might be looking to sell. But um, any of you guys can jump in here. Who's someone that is sticking out to you guys that you're looking to buy right now? Go ahead, Timmy. I don't want to say it again, but I'm buying Cole Komet. Yeah. Still. Honestly, only because it, it, get him for the tight end position, right position is so talent-starved. So, I mean, you could pay up for someone. Right now, he's essentially – someone's going to pay you to take out his hands. The guy got 93 targets last year. They, they have nobody else other than him and Darnell Mooney. I mean, sure. you got dumb luck for St. Brown, honestly. There's no one else. You're going to throw to Dante Pettis. That's who you're throwing to. That's what you're mm-hmm. telling me, right? It, was, it's not sustainable. Back. So when Justin Fields stops running from his life before he tries to throw, but that eventually happens, it's going to happen. He's only had two targets in two games. So if he's still batted two more games, then I might have to wave the white flag. Yeah. But but the cost of the cost of acquisition is really cheap. And again, eleven pass attempts. Like, come on, this is this is the NFL. That's a joke. I mean, like, he could be. He puts up another another week or two of this. I mean, he's he's droppable. Yeah. He's and that is crazy. Depends on the size I mean, of your league, but yeah. In I mean, in in redraft, yeah, oh, redraft, redraft leagues, yeah, yeah. Redraft, you can't dynasty. I I sure. definitely would not drop him. No, no. But I mean, in redraft, he's droppable, and I would think. You know, if you're in dynasty leagues, you, he's not your only tight end, and you know you're going to have other options there. But you could probably get him for really, you know, a freaking third round pick at this, you know, at that point. Who knows? Um, Tommy, who's someone that jumps out, you know, jumps out at you that you know you're looking to possibly see if you can uh, you can buy a little bit of this week, uh, you know, if, given that the price isn't too awful high. I'm going to take a shot in the dark, throw something against the wall and see if it sticks here. Um, Malik Willis. Um, I do not think Ryan Tannehill is any good. The Titans suck. Uh, they're going to have to see what they have in him. So if he comes out and proves that he's that he's any good, he's a steal. If it's Dynasty, you make the move now. Yes, absolutely. The thing is, if he gets on the field, even if he's not a long-term answer, we've seen this with mobile quarterbacks in the past. Like, mm-hmm. if he can just be on the field for you know a little while, you can either a get a return on your investment, or just use him to beat people over the head because your quarterback yeah. gets you know an extra sixty yards rushing and a touchdown every week that they don't have access to with Tom Brady. Um, it's like Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts wasn't yeah. a long-term solution either. Whenever he first came in, yeah. nope. QB one, nope. like. Yep. Just roll him into your super flex spot and feel really good about it. Uh, you got to wait for him to get on the field. Well, you're talking about, you know, you bring up super flex, and I will say that a guy that I'm looking to acquire, um, and I still think I can get him at a good good deal right now, but with the way he's playing, uh, he's he absolutely can help. Um, that's Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. Um, Tommy, said, you know, Tommy, you know, we talked about him a little while ago, so I'm not going to, you know, get too long-winded on that. But, I mean, he is really playing uh, elite football right now, and he seems to really found a rhythm there in Detroit. He's got weapons. He has more weapons uh, coming to him. I love what I'm seeing out of him. He is definitely a target of mine um, in those super flex type of dynasty leagues because I still think you can get him at a good deal. I think those – whoever owns Jared Goff has – had too many frustrations with him already 
So they're really probably not buying these first couple of weeks. They're like, oh no, he's going to let me down. They've again. been dying for a selling window. They probably just, he's just been eating a roster spot for a very long time. Exactly. They if they're smart, the they're like, yeah. oh, this is my opportunity to shed <laughs> and get rid of this guy and maybe get something decent for him. But I'm one of those guys I'm buying. I mean, unless I'm really rocking out and I've got two super elite quarterbacks, but there are a couple of leagues where I could use a little bit of help there. And I, I, I am all about getting me, get my hands on some Jared Goff in those leagues. Um, Tim, anyone stick out to you that you're looking to maybe get your hands on this week? Well, other than Cole Komet, uh, I'm still pretty high on Kenneth Gainwell. You can't, you had a touchdown week one. This week was terrible. Like abysmal, but part of that's the game flow. And Miles Sanders, I think uh, he's he's he had his Wheaties week one and two. He doesn't look like himself, but in a good way. Uh, I worry that it's going to wear off, and you'll see the same Miles Sanders as you did before. So I'm still looking to try and get Kenneth Gainwell at least. If he has a down week next week, and maybe the week after, that dream is dead, just like Cole Komet. But those are my two guys. I'm still. Out of the yeah, I would say another guy to go target. And, and I mean, this is just silly to even say if you can get Garrett Wilson, if you can get him, I just <laughs> I, I think you're just paying like way too much for him right now. It's um, not a trade for any of these rookie wide receivers in this class because there were so many varied opinions on the wide receivers. Everybody went and got their guy. I have right. a bunch of Garrett Wilson shares because he was my wide receiver one. Uh, of the wide receivers in this draft class. And, and I'm sure you guys do too. In all your dynasty leagues, you probably have gobbled them up in as many, like, I mean, we had a live uh, in-person dynasty rookie draft for one of my leagues. And uh, I literally just, you know, was doing the uh, the draft day thing, you know, Vontae Mack, no matter what. I was like, Garrett Wilson, no matter what. That's, mm-hmm. I had one draft pick in that, uh, in that draft because I traded away all my late picks. And I was like, I'm just, I'm going to grab Garrett Wilson and then I'm going to leave. <laughs> well, I'll be honest. My guy was Traylon Burks. And uh, now's, now's a good time to buy him. But, yeah, if I'm a Garrett Wilson guy. Yeah, dude, you're not. You're not getting Garrett Wilson. <laughs> yeah, you're really not. Same thing with Tua. I mean, Tua would be a pretty decent buy right now. But, I mean, after that game, I mean, you'd be – I don't see anyone selling. I, they could be like, oh, I'm selling him. No, no. Um, it's tough to buy guys after a big game. It's easier to buy, like, the Cole Komets we're talking about. Like, right, you yeah, know, yeah. the Traylon Burks, it's easier to buy him right Jonathan now. Jonathan Taylor, you know, trying to get your hands on a, yeah. you know, these guys that underwhelmed, you know, Jonathan Taylor, Joe Burrow. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think you're going to be able to go grab, you know, Justin Jefferson or anything like that, but you could probably <laughs> – Listen, I'm, I'm probably selling Derrick Henry at, at all costs, but if I could get him for, like, a yeah. decent deal, I'd bring him on. Same thing maybe with Kyle Pitts. You know, if you can get any of these guys, it all depends on the return and the price. Um, those are guys that have really kind of underwhelmed. But if you can get them at a good, good deal, man, I mean, they can help your team or at least be depth. I mean, you know, so that's guys. I mean, you don't want to go try and chase, you know, points with Garrett and, you know, someone like Tua because you're just having to pay way too much for him. You want to go uh, do the complete opposite and go get the guys at, at good, good deals there. Um, and what about you, uh, before we move on to some of our sales, uh, Doug, anybody else stick out to you um, that you might be looking to probably buy if you can get, get them at um, a good deal? A nice cheap one to acquire. Uh, just This is a guy that you could probably just get thrown in on any of the deals that we were talking about from the other guys and the other owner will just say, sure, whatever, I don't care. Uh, Eno Benjamin. Uh, James Conner was struggling with a little bit with some injuries on Sunday. 
Uh, him and Darrell Williams seems, but he just looks explosive. He looks spry. His uh, his snap shares went up both weeks. And the Cardinals at this point, I know they pulled out a win. I'm not convinced they're actually a good NFL team right now. So I do think that there could be some game scripts. They're playing from behind. He's a great pass catcher. Uh, again, just a flyer that you can pick up real easily. And like right now, yes, hopefully you're not rolling out Eno Benjamin, but. When you get into those awkward bye weeks and stuff, just having guys that you can throw into a flex spot in a pinch, especially, like I said, uh, when James Conner's a guy that we haven't really seen play a full season. Uh, Darrell Williams still has the name value, so it, like people might not be as quick to sell him off, and I think he had a touchdown in the last game as well. But, you know, Benjamin, I think, is the guy that will actually end up playing more of the snaps if uh, – James Conner is out, or I think he could even just be the Chase Edmonds role in that. Offense. Yeah, I was just about to say he's he's that Chase Edmonds, you know, in that yeah. offense. So yeah, you know that's uh that's not bad. And anybody G, else got G, anyone? G. Anybody else got anybody that uh, you're looking to pick up? Or are we ready to move on some of the to our sales? No, we can move on. All right, let's do it. So let's let's talk about some of the guys we're looking to maybe see if we can sell now before it's too late. Um, Tommy, who do you have? Anybody uh, you can think of there? Yeah, my my main guy's Russell Wilson. Um, I I don't I don't like the way he ended in Seattle, and I'm not liking the way he's starting in 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 Denver. Um, a lot of his value was the fact that he he could scramble outside the pocket, pick up pick up some yardage, and maybe maybe score a touchdown on the ground. He's not doing that. I think he's ran the ball three times so far this year. Um, that's just not going to get it done for me. The issue with Wilson right now, I don't know how much it's Wilson. Like it feels so much more like the, 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 the scheme is not working there. Uh, in the red zone, they have uh, out of 22 plays run in the red zone. They've thrown it for 18 of them. Uh, they just don't really look like a very cohesive sort of game plan right now. And it, it, Russell Wilson's numbers are obviously the first game. We were a little bit, you know, like, Oh, well they had two fumbles on the goal line. Cause he, he played well, 340 yards. The second game, much, much more concerning, especially after Judy went out. The offense looked, if Cortland Sutton isn't there, they just didn't really seem to have anything to go on. Uh, as much as I, I am a fan of Russell Wilson, this yeah. does not feel like it's going to be a great fantasy season for him. Well, he, so. he's already missing Tim Patrick. Now, now, yeah. now you combine that with with Judy going down uh, on, on Sunday. I don't know how, how long he'll be out. Um, those, uh, what was it, a hamstring issue? Is, is, is that what he no, had? shoulder. Shoulder, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, he landed awkwardly. It was on his like first target in the game. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, though shoulder injuries are, are are tough to come back from too, yeah. um, especially when you have to be able to be mobile. Um, so I I don't know how long he'll be out. Um, Cortland Sutton is is okay. He I mean he, he he's nothing he's nothing great, but he's you know he, he did he's have serviced. a good game. He did yeah, have a very good game. He's he serviced serviced with time. Uh, Albert, after, Albert O, did they even target him at all? Bagel. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I mean, my I, DFS lunch got taken. My DFS lunch money got taken because yeah, I, of him being my cheap punt tight end. So, right. So, combine that with the fact that Russ isn't isn't running it as much as he used to. Um, I'm just kind of out on him right now. The, the sell, though, is going to matter. Like, what can I get back? I need to find someone that's willing to still remember right. Russell Wilson, the Super Bowl right. champion. Name, name, value, name value, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. You need to find that one. You know, hey, find the guy in your league that wears the Broncos hat. Yeah, uh, exactly. Not me, though. No, I'm not falling for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anybody else that's sticking out to you guys? Tim, um, Doug, anyone sticking out to you that you're probably selling? My big sell right now is Saquon Barkley. 
I if I have Saquon Barkley, I was hoping, praying, doing a rain dance that he would do exactly what he's done so far and be the Saquon of the rookie year back way back 2018. Uh he's been everything and more. And uh knock on wood, you'd never want anyone to get injured. But he's always gonna be that risk for me. Uh so man, I am trying to get the mother load of mother loads right now while I can. And I could look foolish later, but that's the risk I take. That's what I'm you'll, trying to do. You'll never get the return you could have got earlier in his career, but if you've been holding the bag and this is this could be your last chance to get like any return like that's worth it, like at this point. Because it was hard to sell him over the offseason. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> you've kind of Absolutely been stuck was. with him. He was someone that had dropped so far in, in drafts that everyone was looking at him as almost like a potential steal. And I still think he, I, I, you know, it's not someone I'm, I'm looking to sell because he did come back down to earth. And I think that he'd be selling. I don't think he'd be selling him for enough right now. I think Um, if I'm a contender, I wouldn't sell. Uh, If you're rebuilding, yes, you have to flip now. Like you've got to move immediately. Um, But like, again, anybody's available if the price is right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if there's somebody that saw these first two games and they're like, Saquon's back, here's three first, you know, then yeah, sure. Uh, We'll make it work. Um, but. You know, it's same thing with like Derrick Henry. You know, I think you're selling Derrick Henry for for pennies on the dollar right now. I think, um, like I said, I would buy him for pennies on the dollar right now. But if I'm looking to sell him, which is completely fine, if you can buy him for pennies on the dollar, like I said at oh, this yeah. moment, and then he has a couple rattles off a couple of good games and he looks like he's back and back to normal, then I'm probably flipping him again and selling him and, and making a you know a quick profit on him. You know, like. So that's something well, it's I would not a profit at this point. Right. <laughs> no, no, it's not a profit here. You know, I think I wouldn't have any problem buying him for cheap right now, if possible, if possible, um, because whoever has him on their team probably has him as their RB1. So yeah. they're still probably going to want a decent return. It's going to be a hard, hard sell and a hard buy. But if I was able, if I had him, let's put it this way, if I just had him, and he rattles off a couple of good games. I'm looking to really cash out at that point. I mean, this is the time you, you're going to have to sell this guy uh, whenever you can. So you know what? He has zero catches on one target this year. Oh well, yeah. Well, that's not his game. But that's um, one more target than I would have expected. Yeah, well, I mean, exactly. <laughs> he's done. He's actually done fairly decently in in seasons when he when he's had when he's had big years with. with I mean, I. I think he's he's had upwards of, of 30 receptions. I mean, it, well, it's last just... year he was getting more involved in the pass catching than, than like he had in any years before. So a lot of people were kind of hopeful that that'd be bad. But I think Tennessee, just because he got hurt last year, they want to use him for the exact number of touches right. they want to use him for, and they want him to be going downhill. And they brought in Dontrell Hilliard for that for that pass catching role. And this is uh, like living in Nashville. I have a really close temperature to the Tennessee Titans and everything. And a lot of people here are like frustrated with the offensive play calling have been since Arthur Smith took the job in Atlanta. Uh, Because like one of the things I'll always say is like whenever the Titans were at their best, it wasn't Derrick Henry in an I formation having to fight through a fullback or a tight end or whatever. It was him 11 yards back in a single back so that when he got the ball. He's going with a full head of steam that and the offensive line lost Roger Saffold. Taylor Lewan has not been the same guy since he's come back from repeated injuries. Uh, and it just doesn't look like the same football team anymore. The same cohesive unit. Like it used to be though, that offensive line blew people up. They had like hats and masks uh, during the COVID season that just said run left, like just run to the left side of that offensive line where they had, they dominated people. It doesn't feel like it's there anymore. And if Derrick Henry's getting attacked in the backfield, he doesn't 
give you that same big play opportunity that that we're so used to seeing out of him. Yep. Um, you know, before we uh, move on to our week three waiver wire ads here, our recommendations there, Tommy, let me ask you this. Are we, is it time to sell Daryl Henderson? I mean, do you, are you keeping him or you think you're trying to sell him now? Um, I probably hold on to him just because I, I don't, I don't necessarily trust Cam Akers. Um, if I'm, if I'm the Rams, I know that, that he got a little bit more of a workload this past week than, than what he had week one, but you have to, you, you, you kind of have to, you know, see what Acres is going to become for the next couple weeks. I, I think because if if he comes back out this next week and has eight carries for sixteen yards, then you're right back to where you started with, and you may may as well just have held on to Daryl Henderson. What do you guys think about Daryl Henderson? If you didn't sell him after week one, you're not selling. I, I- I think I would still be at the camp of sell. And like, just the main reason is you might get people that just like literally view box scores and see, Oh, he got a touchdown. He's had back-to-back weeks where, you know, he's yep. gotten production and everything. And this might be the, like the last window. I kind of just want to wash my hands of the Rams backfield entirely, because I just feel like it's going to be a week to week, a headache trying to figure out who to play. And I'd rather just go to a cleaner situation, even a cleaner committee situation. But um uh, it, it's it's getting messy out there. Like there's becoming fewer and fewer dependable bodies at running back in the NFL these days with all these committees and everything. And that's one that I just, I think that I'll be guessing wrong all season and I'd rather just move on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, well, it, it, it also depends on, on your running back situation. That I mean, is a hundred percent true. If you, if you lost Elijah Mitchell, can you really afford to get rid of, of Errol Henderson? You know, yeah. it's, it, it, it just depends on, on what your running back situation yeah. is on your team. And if you're a contender or not. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to maybe find that Cam Akers owner in your league and see if you can, um, you know, get something out of him, either you go and acquire Cam Akers or you go and sell him Daryl Henderson. But I think there's, there's, you guys know how high I was on Cam Akers going into this season. So there's a lot of leagues where I own Cam. Um, However, most of those leagues, I don't own Henderson. So I really think that if I can maybe go get him just to kind of solidify that. Now, I know, Doug, you said you kind of want to wipe your hands clean of that backfield. But, you know, I'm in the I'm in that kind of area where you can never have too many running backs. And, you know, with the way these guys drop like flies, I don't I wouldn't yeah. care to have someone that might be useful. I mean, last year, I think I, I played a championship game, made it to a championship game. And my two starting running backs in that game were Dontrell Hilliard and Devontae Freeman. Oh, there were some ugly rosters down the stretch of fantasy seasons last year. I mean, uh, I won a championship with Rashad Penny rolling out there, and it was fantastic. I picked him up off of waivers after somebody had drostered him for like three straight seasons, finally cut bait, and I just swooped him up off the waivers for the win. Penny was great. Penny was great at the end of last season. He was. He was fantastic. Harvey won the last two weeks of the fantasy season. Yeah, he was great. 16, 17. He was fantastic. All right, so let's move on real quick before we uh, before we wrap things up. Um, Tim, you know, today we released your waiver wire article over at DynastyProsFootball.com. We shared it and blasted it all over Twitter for everyone to see. Um, let's talk about some of these guys we're looking to add that could be possibly on the waiver wire um tim who's some let's let's start with running back here since that's you know most most case scenarios the most important position there 
Uh, who's someone out, to, you know, real quick that you're looking to pick up? Who's a couple of two, three running backs you're looking to grab? So the first name I'll throw in is James Robinson. And I know in a lot of leagues, he's probably owned. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's also quite a few leagues where Travis Etienne was almost, you know, the next baby Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. And they cut James Robinson loose. Oh, he's injured. He's done. Blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? Not quite the same. Um, so if he's out there, he's the he's the clear back right now. There's oh, he would be the number one pick available. He's the number one pick. Yeah, I mean, and he's I, still I'd play. be willing to throw my entire fab at it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah he he's still not. You know, the the split is still there. But I think last week he had 23 carries. Again, I don't have the stats in front. It's 23 carries, I think. Uh, but regardless, uh, just dominated ETM when it comes to just the fantasy points. So. I'm hoping I'm open to acquire and then flip them later. If I'm being honest, the thing that was really, really, really promising about it was sorry, too many release. But the thing that was promising was how like explosive he looked just coming off the Achilles injury. This is not something I expected. Like because we saw Cam yeah. Akers in the playoffs last year, didn't look like he had yeah. any burst or any chews. Yeah. Man, James Robinson looks like the same guy he was pre-injury, and you know credit to the Jacksonville like medical staff. He yeah. looks all, like uh, that was the thing I that like had me convinced that this would be an ETN season where it was like, well, it's the first year after an Achilles, you know, guys don't come back like right and away. From that, that, man's, that man's fighting for his job. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, 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 he and was, he's throwing haymakers in that fight. He really, really is. I mean, the guy was a league winner two years ago and he may very well be a league winner again this year. I mean, if you're Jacksonville, are you taking him off the field with how he's looking right now? Nope. No, I, I'll just no, move ETN into the slot and try to give yeah. him some targets here and there. No. But like, yeah, if I'm yeah, Jacksonville, yeah. if I'm Jacksonville, I'm trying to find a way to get them both on the field at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. Move, move ET into the slot. Move them around. Get creative. Move to the age of positionless football. Like, like just I want my best athletes on the field, and James Robinson is one of their best athletes. All right, who's uh, who's some other running backs we're looking to maybe pick up? Uh, you know, maybe put in a claim for tonight. Because I, you know, the thing that's killing me is that you know we're looking at about nine o'clock Eastern time. I haven't eaten. I've got to eat. And then I have to legit, like, come in here, sit down, and, like, go through my million of leagues and make waiver claims and, you know, put my fab and do all this stuff. I have got, after this show tonight, I have got a night ahead of me of just putting in claims. Um, so who's some other running backs? And anyone can jump in here. Tim, you're my you're my, my, my go-to guy when it comes to waiver wire. Anyone else? Standing out to you. I mean, a lot of did a lot of guys after week one drop Tyler Algier. Are, are they regretting that now? Is that someone maybe we we maybe look to put in a claim for or snatch up tomorrow? Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's a 50 50 rush split with Cordell Patterson. Mm-hmm. It's only a matter of time. I mentioned it actually in the week one article. Uh, he's very much, I'd actually, I would almost rather have him more than James Robinson season long. Right now, it's more appealing, but he's that valuable to me. Tyler Algier, you know, that's that's Tommy's boy right there. You know, yeah. I I was pretty big on him during during the draft, during the uh, the, the NFL draft. I I thought he uh, he had the opportunity to uh, to be a pretty good back in the NFL, and he fell to a really good spot there in Atlanta. Um, and uh, I think I think he could take over that backfield. I mean he he's he's better than better than than what Mike Davis was last year. Oh yeah, yeah, and, absolutely. Um, Cordero Patterson has kind of evolved into a running back, but 
that's not his normal skill set. No. So positionless football, baby. Yeah. Algier is an actual running back who, yeah. who who can grind it out, who can run in between the tackles. Um and I think he'll eventually take over that that backfield and get the lion's share of the of the carries. I could definitely I could definitely see it like an AJ Dillon, Aaron Aaron Jones kind of situation, not that level, but just let Algier go and smash the Dickens out of, out of their line. And then when they're all worn out, just bring in Cordell to, to get the yeah. nice, yeah. easy catch touchdown. You know? yeah. Frustrate everyone. I just worry that this offense might not necessarily be one of the most explosive in football. They already have Kyle Pitts and Drake London. That you, We assume Kyle Pitts will get something going at some point. I don't know how much touchdown equity is there is, and if they're splitting volume, I'm a little worried about that. So you, you need to believe that Algier is going to take the bulk of the workload if you want to make this move. Um, because otherwise you're going to be like doing a split in a bad backfield, which is not where you want to be. So you, if, if you are making this move, you've got to believe that Algier is going to be the guy that's getting, you know, at least a 65% like snap share at some point, or at least 65% of the running back touches. Price is right, man. You're only going to spend a couple bucks. At That's that. true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. What about uh, what about Jordan Mason out of San Francisco? Is this a guy we uh, we might want to go put our hands on with 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 Davis Price being out and you know Elijah Mitchell obviously missing some time? Um, is Mason a guy to to go and grab? I mean, or should we? Like, I I feel that this week of waiver wires is not very strong. And I don't want to just go spend fab and throw money at players just for the fact that, like, I want to win. Like, oh, I got this guy, and you didn't. Like, I don't want to really put a whole lot There's of There's nothing wrong with being guys. patient for a better spot. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that, especially because, like, some of these guys we're mentioning might be available in some leagues, might not be available in others. Like, don't just go blow your fab on the first guy that's listed there as, like, you know, waiver pickups. Yeah, just quit chasing points, you know. Yeah. Like, you, you can't get those. You're, you're, you know, you can't get those week two uh, fantasy points, so don't expect all that. So I'll tell you, though, in most leagues, Jordan Mason is going to cost you about a dollar. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone ran, everyone ran spent, spent all their fab on Jeff Wilson Jr. And if you take a look at last week, Terry Davis Price, who nobody picked up. Well, not nobody, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Nobody picked him up. He got 14 rush attempts, I think, off the top of my head. So he, for me. He, he was like, an active week one, too. Grab, yeah. grab Jordan Mason for free, essentially. And yeah. just wait. Especially especially with Kyle Shanahan, because he's such a hot hand coach. Like it takes Jordan Mason getting on the field, making two explosive runs, and then he'll play the rest of that game. And once sure. he does that one game, the very next week you might be able to be like, Oh, maybe he is the guy. Like like Kyle Shanahan has like look what happened to Trey Sermon last year. Elijah Mitchell just beat him out and then they were like, Cool, this is our guy. Like they they will ride who they feel and and a lot of positive reports came out about Jordan Mason in camp, uh, for those close to the organization and everything. <laughs> Like, yeah, like I'm not I said, I mean, more than a couple bucks, though. Yeah, yeah, you throw a couple bucks on him if you get him, that's fantastic. But if somebody goes and drops 10 to 15 on him, or or however yeah. your waivers are, then you know, you don't have to feel upset about that because there's no way I'm dropping that kind of cash. Well, on. This is the place where if you get him now, he won't cost you anything. But if you get him, if you try to get him after yeah. he has two touchdowns, okay, exactly. now it's a really expensive investment. This is the yeah. week you want to be able to get him for a if you got him like last week or right before the season started in some of your deeper leagues, you got him for zero dollars fab and and you feel like you got away with something. But like, you know, like get this is where you could save a lot of fab budget is if you're a week before the guy is the the big ad on waivers. 
Yeah. So let's, uh, okay. So that, you know, that's good for running backs there. I mean, I don't know if anyone else really, really stands out to me. I don't know if you're really going after like a Kenyon Drake or anything like that. If he's out there, um, you know, Benjamin, if uh, he's available, I, I don't mind. Especially and Eno is actually available in quite a few leagues. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, Kenyon Drake may not be a, a bad grab, especially if um, J.K. is inactive again this week. Um, I would imagine Baltimore has a pretty decent uh, game against New England. So we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. But, I mean, in those scenarios, you have to, I can't see many people at all being desperate for running back help you know, two weeks into the three weeks into the season. So, you know, these guys are just go, you know, put a dollar on them or something. If you get them cool. If not, yeah. Another out. name is another name is Marlon Mack. Yeah. 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 You know, Marlon Mack may not be a, a bad one to grab, but um, I'll but tell you another guy, <laughs> you know, there's another guy speaking of the Ravens that might be able, you know, you might be able to go grab, I mean, probably get him for nothing right now. Um, is is Gus Edwards. Um, if, you know, Gus Edwards is going to be eligible to come back in week five, and from all reports is he's looking good in practice and, and uh, he's moving around just fine. Um, but that's someone, you know, you can get now for absolutely free um, that could be that goal line short yardage type of guy. He's an absolute hammer too. He really, yeah. really is. He's a, you they know, love him in Baltimore. They love them some Gus Edwards. He can play. Yeah, he absolutely can. So that's somebody you can go and 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 grab for for really next to nothing. I mean, that's just I don't know. Um, let's move on to wide receiver real quick. Anyone stick out to you guys? I mean, like a Greg Dorch, Nelson Aguilar, Scotty Miller. I mean, I don't imagine Curtis Samuel is going to be on a waiver wire, but Sterling Shepard sure is. Any of these guys to to you all? I mean. Does it, you know, Cole Beasley, any of these guys stand out to you all that you're maybe going to, you know, trying to put in a claim? For? If, if Curtis Samuel is out there, I'm blowing a ton of my fab. Absolutely. On oh, absolutely. He's, yeah. a, he's like a poor man's Debo. Mm. Uh, but I, honestly, I think he's probably still available in some leagues, especially shallow ones, because people are real nervous about the injury and he hasn't been the same since 2019. But man, I'm, I'm he's shown he's doing it and I'm, I'm putting a bid in. It looks like the guy when he came out of college, which is like really, really promising. He's like the eyeball test is big there. Like, uh, and the more he looks explosive, the more they'll give him the ball. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a guy I'm looking at, you know, that I possibly wouldn't be uh, opposed to maybe putting on my roster is Nelson Aguilar. I mean, he's available in a lot of, of wiper wires and uh, New England looks like they're going to be playing from behind uh, more than they'd like. And they have to throw the ball. And I mean, obviously, uh, Jacoby Myers seems like he's kind of the go-to guy there. You know, he's their little PPR, little slot guy. But Nelson Aguilar had a very solid season last year, and he had a heck of a game on Sunday. And so I think um, you can expect more of the same, you know, throughout the whole season. Um, he's yeah. a, he's someone that I actually wouldn't mind maybe going and putting a, a dollar or two on tomorrow and or tonight to see uh, – especially in some of these leagues. I mean, there's leagues where you might, you know, be missing Mike Evans. Um, so you could probably use that. You may be missing Chris Godwin. Uh, there are these leagues where you might, you know, they're not like running back so much, but there are some leagues where you, you do automatically, you already need help 
at wide receiver. So well, especially uh, leagues that start three wide receivers plus a flex. Like oh, it gets yeah. a little tighter then. Like versus like two running backs. I mean, I might have to go pick up that guy out of Dallas. Tommy, who's that guy out of Dallas? Noah that, Brown. Uh, Noah Brown, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, this guy is uh, you know, look at he had a good game the other day. Um yeah. you know, with 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 Cooper Rush throwing in the ball. Um takes i mean all, all, all the attention going towards cd lamb and with dalton schultz probably out um yeah noah brown may be worth the speculative ad mm-hmm. speculative and, and, like he, correct me if i'm wrong has he been with the cowboys a year a couple of years yeah yeah because like he so like that's a guy that like kellen moore can trust to to yep. be in the right spot catch the ball so he's probably worked with cooper rush also a ton seeing that they've both been with the organization now for a little bit comfortability trivia question for you what school did he come from? Noah Brown. Mm-hmm. I can Google it, but I can't tell you off the top of my head. My guess is Texas A&M. Ohio State. We've been talking about <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Wow, he must have been like eighth on the depth chart or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so we've got Michael Thomas. We've got Garrett Wilson. Noah Brown. Yeah, no brown. Person, you know, I'll tell you another couple wide receivers I wouldn't be opposed to grabbing: Sterling Shepard and Richie James, out of New York. Um, like I said, there's there's a lot of guys that are actually surprising a little bit, and Sterling Shepard has always been fairly productive when he's on the field, but staying on the field has always been, uh, you know, been hard on him. But you know, Richie James actually has had two, you know, a couple of solid weeks there, and he's getting targets. Um, so he is a guy, like I said, if you're hurting at wide receiver and you need to start a couple, you know, you need someone to start, you know, this might be someone you can play on, uh, you know, this weekend and, uh, you know, kind of move. I mean, just like uh, Doolin out of Indianapolis, I had, I had to do it as a Michael Pittman owner. Um, I was in bad shape already. You know, I did not like my options. Um, so I picked him up and rolled with him and I was very, very happy with his production there. So a lot um, of people. I was gonna say, a lot of these wide receivers might not necessarily be helpful now because we haven't got to bye weeks. There hasn't been a ton of injuries yet. But once we get into those like bye weeks, Sterling Shepard is a guy that like you're not like you know super excited to play right now when you're at full strength, no buys. But when you get into those bye weeks and you've got like three receivers out on a bye week and another who like tweaked his hammy on Tuesday in practice. You'll be real happy to have a guy like Sterling Shepard that you know is just going to catch a couple passes, and maybe your running backs or your quarterback or your tight end can kind of get you through the week. Especially when you're fighting. three games. <laughs> more, than, more than a couple passes. When Sterling Shepard is healthy, he's very reliable for mm-hmm. the Giants' core. They don't have a lot there. He's and like he's a with Daniel Jones a while too. Like they, there's he's, a trust he's there. like a six to ten catch a guy or six to ten target a game guy. For mm-hmm. Daniel Jones, and Daniel Jones has to show that he's the guy. So he's got to rip it. He doesn't have a choice. With the Giants, do you, do you think Daniel Bellinger is worth an ad? Oh, in yeah. Dynasty, yes. And redraft, I mean, if – I mean, the tight end is a wasteland show, sure, whatever. Like, if you drafted Albert O and you're just kind of like – I mean, just trying to find another option at some point. Uh but you know, like I'm not. I think you know Bellinger's a great ad in like Dynasty. If you if you're yeah. sitting on someone like Granson or whatever from like Indianapolis or yeah. something, you might be able to go and you know drop them and go pick him up or something. You know, when, um, when you ask, I always assume it's Dynasty. So he absolutely yeah. Dynasty. 
Of course. Well, we are kind of dynasty pros. There's already a fantasy pros. So, yeah. Um, Well, let's move on. Uh, Let's move on to tight end and quarterback before we wrap things up. Any tight ends that are jumping out? I mean, Evan Ingram had a pretty good game. Um, Tyler Conklin has done pretty well. He looks like he's the pass catching tight end in that New York Jets offense. Uh, What do you guys think about those two tight ends? Or is there anyone else that sticks out to you guys? I wrote it in the article. Just talked about Bellinger there. So, fun, fun fact about Tyler Conklin: he was on the field for 100% of offensive snaps last game. Only guy other than Flacco for the Jets. Well, the one thing Uzoma was out for this game, correct? They also. Uh, That's uh, true, but when when, yeah. was, when when he's on the field too, it doesn't matter. Tyler Conklin's the focus. Right. I forget yeah. what he. I forget what he had exactly, but it, his targets are way higher than even I anticipated. I, I thought I thought uh, CJ be way more involved, but he's really not. Yeah, Tyler Conklin so had something like something like six and nine targets or something like that. There were a lot of leagues in the offseason I was targeting Conklin because I, I I figured he'd be their their pass catching tight end. Uh, CJ Uzuma has, has always been a more of a blocking guy. Um, he kind of forced into being a, re- a receiving target over the last couple of years with Cincy, but um, Conklin is is the much better receiver. Well, and honestly, I can see a similarity with Coughlin's situation now to Yazoma's situation last season. Though Coughlin had a good season in his own right last season in Minnesota. But just you've got a young quarterback that's trying to make that step to the next level. And if that offense uh, improves, then Coughlin should obviously be a beneficiary then with like Zach Wilson and company. It's also no surprise to anyone who knows me that I love Evan Engram. I've been a believer ever since his rookie year. Much to my detriment, but he's he's worth an ad this year. He's legitimate starting tight end for Jacksonville. Way better than the situation he had. And like I said earlier, Jacksonville is way better than they used to be. Those new additions through the draft especially, but also some additions through, through free agency. Like they're a different team. They're not a rollover team anymore. And uh, I think he had eight targets last game off the top of my head. So even with uh, – I mean, Trevor Lawrence is going to spread the ball, and they're going to do whatever they can to highlight his talent. I don't think the talent's ever been the issue. Um, I think his issue has always been um, who does he have thrown in the ball, and can he stay on the field? Um, and he has Trevor Lawrence thrown in the ball, who is who is an elite young quarterback. Um, and if he can stay healthy, I think he'll get plenty of love. If you're ever yeah. bored, go read the article I wrote. Yeah, and you could see some insane. Everyone, everyone in the community knows that. Yeah, he had a good rookie year, but most people don't realize how good his rookie year was with uh, with the ghost of Eli Manning. So uh, I, I have a lot of high hopes with uh, with the prodigy and Trevor Lawrence. Interesting. I'll tell you another guy I'm looking at at tight end is Logan Thomas. You know, oh out yeah. Of Washington. You know, he had three catches. I think he had five targets, three catches. He had a touchdown. I mean, he only had 37 yards, but who cares? He had a touchdown. He had a 13, almost 14-point fantasy day. I'll take and that. And he's, he's still working himself back from injury. Like, yeah. I think by, like he could be one of those guys that the season kind of starts a little shaky for him, but as he gets like a groove going, especially now that he's working with a new quarterback and Wentz, maybe by the end of the season he becomes more involved. The question is then, like, at whose detriment? Like, so, so now we've got like four different pass catchers. Plus they use the running backs in the passing game. Uh, and Carson Wentz can support multiple fantasy relevant receivers. But like the question is, who do we think is going to be the, the odd man out? I do think Logan Thomas is worth a, a worthwhile ad though, because 
he has shown in the past he can be very relevant at a tight end position that is mostly a wasteland if you're not one, if you don't have one of the elite options. I think he would be a perfect target for those Cole Komet owners. There you go. <laughs> Another one for you. Uh, we mentioned them earlier, but if uh, if you're a Dalton Schultz owner, uh, go uh, go look at uh, at Jake Ferguson. Uh, he'll, he'll probably slide right into that uh, Dalton Schultz role this week. You know, Isaiah Likely of the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, he's sneaky. Um, he he had a did not have a very good week one whatsoever. He got a handful of targets, um, but they did a little bit different um, scheming this week, and they got him the ball a little bit. He really, really looks like the third receiving option in Baltimore. I mean, some people are, you know, talking about De- Devon Duvernay, and he had a fantastic week one and returned. Well, he's got a concussion. Exactly. Um, but I really, really, I think as the season goes along, um, Isaiah likely is getting more and more, more and more targets. He's a playmaker. Um, he is, he is everything that you hope Kyle Pitts could be. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, well, before we wrap it up, let's move on to quarterback real quick. Let's mention some quarterbacks. Obviously if you're a Trey Lance owner, you're probably taking a look at Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I know I sure as heck am. Um, I'm big on Jared Goff. Any any other quarterbacks you guys are looking at that could be out there? I mean, is, if Carson Wentz is out there, maybe. I mean, you know. If, if he's available, and he is in a lot of leagues because they cut him loose because of the injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if he's available in leagues, man, I am, I'm throwing a lot of fab to get Zach Wilson back. He's not even ready yet. But by the time he's ready, the guy who has thrown balls to Garrett Wilson will will be gone. Right, he's got a great receiving trio, and he's got Brees Hall. That team is very much improved from last year. So yeah, if 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 I get him, man, I'm I'm trying my darndest to get yeah. him. Whoever's throwing the ball to Braxton Berrios has value to me. <laughs> <laughs> so the 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 conversation with quarterbacks is so context dependent. Like in a superflex dynasty league, none of these guys are available. No, none of them. You've none already missed the boat on that. But in like a redraft league, uh, he has mentioned. Uh, Tim mentioned a couple of good names there for sure. Uh, if you're Zach in a one quarterback league, one or like, if you're in a yeah. one quarterback league, a lot of these guys are available. Yeah. Even in dynasty, one QB sometimes Wilson is there. Yeah, like Wilson would be one I would love to target because uh, you give yourself a true ceiling, and if you need to just put a band aid on for a couple of weeks, you can go get like a Jacoby Brissett, a Joe Flacco as the literal handcuff. Just somebody, just kind of like maybe just give me some amount of points until like, I, cause then I, if, you know, if I can find a way to tread water, get a couple of wins, get to the playoffs. And Zach Wilson has that, you know, that upward rise that we sometimes see in second quarter or second year quarterbacks towards the end of the season. Then I'm, I may end up like kind of like hoodwinking myself into, you know, being relevant in the playoffs versus like not having a quarterback that can, you know, get me to that next level. Yeah. I know right before uh, Tommy and I went up to the fantasy football expo last month, I made a, a kind of a big deal in a dynasty league, long, long time dynasty league where I traded Russell Wilson. Um, and I didn't know how much I was going to regret it, but I traded him for three players. I got Zach Wilson, Cam Akers and Michael Thomas. Um, after Zach, I mean, we were at the expo when Zach Wilson went down and I thought, Oh my gosh, I'm, 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 
I'm hurting now. But I was like, it don't matter. I've got my boy Cam Akers. He's going to be a superstar. This year. He's gonna be I was awesome. I was sitting there with a beer in my hand talking about how great of a season Zach Wilson's about to have. And they were like, you do know he got hurt today. And I'm like, what now? Yeah. You got what now? And it, everybody immediately was saying, torn ACL, torn ACL. And this is why we. Oh, not, yeah. Yeah. This we is why we shouldn't play doctor from the replay. <laughs> oh, it looked like a, it looked um, like an ACL all day. It, all it had day. The, no non-contact and then you just see him immediately give up on the play done Uh, i was like oh not like this not yeah the guy that traded him to me i didn't even know i got a text from and he was like haha good luck with wilson i'm like is he talking about russell wilson i mean then then i look up and everybody's like everybody's chattering at the expo like oh man dude garrett wilson or zach wilson just went down so yeah at least you got michael thomas out of the deal yeah I did the get that. of Michael Thomas. I did get that, and I'm still working on a trade with Tommy as far as uh, Zach Wilson goes because Tommy does love him some Zach Wilson. I will get him from you one day. Hey, listen, man, we can do it straight up right now for uh, do it on air. <laughs> we can do it. We can do it straight up. I'll give you Zach Wilson for uh, Kirk Cousins. I think my pros. Oh yeah. Ah, oh yeah. That's tough, man, because you're talking about a uh, a, a quarterback that that actually is very productive in in fantasy with with Kirk Cousins and is healthy. Yeah. I know he had a ba- I know he had a bad game, but I mean, he's got Jefferson. Man. Yeah, he still has an elite receiver. And my well, guy, and, and I've got, and I've got Garrett Wilson. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah we'll talk. It, 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 to be continued. Tom. We'll discuss it. Yes, yes, we will. Yes, we will. Well, guys, um, I think that is it. We've been going for an hour and forty-one minutes. So we knew we had a loaded show. I was kind of hoping we would finish between an hour and an hour and a half. But that's hard to do. Four of us, man. We've got so much input and so many uh, opinions on everything. So I do appreciate you all for joining me. And, um, you know, everybody keep in touch. You know, keep an eye out for us next week. Uh, We'll be here again Tuesday night. So for Doug up there on the top right, for Tim down on the bottom left, and Tommy over there on the right, we appreciate everyone for watching this show. Thank you so much. You all have a great, great week.